You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here. Thursday night football tonight, the Colts and Broncos. We're going to talk about another fantastic way that the Atlanta Falcons get trolled. We'll look at that. We'll talk Saints as they prepare for the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday. We'll also talk LSU and Cajuns as well. And we'll even touch on the Houston Astros, who finished their season yesterday with a 106-56 record, and they will look to make another run at the World Series. Matt Miguez here once again, producer, co-host, extraordinaire, Mr. James Mesh. That is indeed me. James, what's going on, buddy? Not too much. Looking through my old football cards as I brought into the studio. Yeah, you know we we just we just made a little bit of a uh, of a barter, yeah. if you will. Yes, sir. Um, so I bought a pack of cards the other day, and I pulled a Justin Jefferson uh, card that was worth about seven dollars. It's a little nicked at the top. Oh, I know you're not going to start picking. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm noticing what happened. The trade's already done. I'm glad I have it. I'm just saying. I'm noticing that there's a little bit of a nick at the top right. So we made a trade, and I received a Von Miller rookie card, a Charles Tillman card, a Drew Brees card, and a Luke McCaffrey card from not Luke McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> Luke's his brother, uh, Christian McCaffrey from when he was at Stanford. Uh, those four cards equaled. Mine's in pretty value. solid. I like mine. Yeah, it's the, a hero. It's the, a hero. The heroes, card. the heroes insert kind of looks like a comic book. It is. Um, so I was gonna sell it, but I figured if I could add to my collection for the same value, then why not? Exactly. Um, and I got a Justin Herbert. Oh my god, you're so excited about the Jay Herbie. I love Jay Herbie. So excited about the Jay Herbie. Love Herb. it. Your poll question of the day. Speaking of the Houston Astros, how far do they go in the playoffs? Do they make an early exit in the ALDS? Do they lose out in the ALCS? Mm. Are they World Series runner-ups? Or do they lift the Commissioner's Trophy once again? So that's up on Facebook and Twitter. Make sure to get your votes in. If you want to be a part of today's show on the game, hotline 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. James, we talked about Drew Brees just a second ago when we talked about the the trade that you and I made. Drew Brees is in the news today. Uh, Drew Brees has said that he is open to returning to a broadcast booth. Well, I'm not shocked. And that he likes the idea of the Manning cast. Oh, so could we see something? I don't know. Maybe, maybe NBC hires them back and they do a, a Drew cast on Sunday Night Football. 
Oh, I was thinking you meant like he was going to join the Manning cast. So well, then it's it's. I mean that that's also that could a be a possibility man. as well. But here's the thing: it'd be funny because Eli is Peyton. Obviously, is more of a student of the game. I, I think that's pretty clear to say than than Eli. So Eli kind of has to be more of the comedian in that and right. just make fun of Peyton's forehead. To, well, <laughs> to and, and it works. And it works. That's fine, but. I feel like with that, Peyton's also a lot funnier. I mean, you've seen all the commercials he's been on. God, Peyton, Peyton's an idiot. So it it'd be it'd be funny. You you have the two funny guys that are the Mannings, and then you it feels like you would have just like the super serious Drew because Drew's not the type to like have a whole bunch of funny jokes. Oh, I don't know. Well, you look at the the other two. You well, look at the two. That's what I'm saying. You look at the other two. And you compare him to Drew, it's like, who do you think's the funnier of the three? Peyton. Okay. No, I mean, it's true. But... So then you would have to... So with the roles, you would have them be more of the funny. You would have Eli be, like, kind of the comedian to make fun of Peyton. Peyton tries to, like, be like, ah, knock it off. I'm the older brother. And then you have Drew, who's almost like the third wheel, who's trying to be like, oh, that was a really good cover, too. You got to go... You got to hit the seam route. I don't know. I don't <laughs> or know cover they four, do, you got to hit the seam route. I don't know that they would do a three-man... No, but like this that. this is a hypothetical. But you see, I I could see NBC bringing Drew back on, and like I said, doing a uh, something very similar to the Manning cast and putting it on like Peacock. You entice people to get a subscription to Peacock. Everybody wins, and you know, kind of kind of similar, like you said, Drew might crack a joke every now and again, but for the most part, it's going to be him analyzing the game from what he sees. I think a lot of people would enjoy that. Yeah, but the big reason why they didn't bring him back after one year was because he wasn't critical of the players. He was like with a lot of people like us in in our in our media. You kind of critique the players and you critique the team. What Drew was doing was always kind of like being like kind of like always giving them the I wouldn't say an excuse, but kind of like hey, I mean it like, oh, it's kind of hard to beat that. Always giving them a pass, you know what I mean? Well, and obviously Drew's... And it was like, you got great analysis from him. But they just, they didn't like how he was, like, so, like, nice. Even whenever the player was having a bad game, he was kind of like, it was kind of like the player coach or whatever, where it's like, trying to trying to pick him back up. It's like, he's doing a bad, if he's doing bad, you need to call it out. Well, and, and I don't disagree, but... And then also the other thing is Drew would definitely he's always going to say what paints him in the best light. But I mean from oh, Drew's, from and Drew's he, perspective, and he knows a lot of these guys. From from Drew's perspective, he left NBC. NBC did not let him go. Well, I must if that's the case, then I must have misread it because the way I heard it was we will not like NBC was like we're not going to be bringing Drew Brees back for the next year. Yeah, he he said that he chose not to do it this year because it took up every weekend in the fall. And he wanted to spend time with his family. Hmm. So on today's show, 4.30, we're going to do Cajuns Corner with our guy Jay Walker. We'll talk about the three-game losing skid for the Cajuns and how they can get back on track against a good yet struggling Marshall Thundering Herd team next Wednesday night. And then at 5.30, a day late and a buck short, but we're going to do who that Wednesday with Brendan Ertle, we will preview the Saints Seahawks, talk about the frustrations of the Saints Vikings, and what's the latest on 
Michael Thomas, and Jameis Winston. Once again, 337-706-0111. But James, the, the troll job that uh, that Amazon Prime put together, they inadvertently trolled the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, yeah? I don't know that they realized that they did it. But last night, or not last night, last Thursday night, you know, towards the end of the game, they have the big graphic that promotes, you know, the next Thursday night football game. Uh-huh. And so, for the Colts side, it was Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Wearing number 28. Oh, and then... And then Russell, Russell was Wilson. on the other side wearing number three. But the thing that makes it even funnier is that Matt Ryan is now the quarterback for the Colts. Yeah. The 28-3, to three, Matt Ryan, I yeah. thought it was funny. I, I, th- I thought it was very well done. It was interesting because I think someone had put it in our group chat, in our uh, crunch time group chat yeah. in, in league. I think someone had done it, and I was like, I don't... I don't get it. What's going on? Yeah, um, I was trying to look so hard, but it was right in front of my face, and I couldn't figure it out. So this game tonight between the Broncos and Colts has kind of lost some of its some of its juice, especially now that both Jonathan Taylor and Javante Williams are out. Yeah, it's very tough. Uh, you're so pretty much the starting backs are going to be Naeem Hines and uh, Melvin Gordon, who's going to be quoted as the bell cow. God. Which is like with Melvin Gordon, he's more of a name, but he's 29, 30 years old. So, over, and he's had a fumbling issue this so over, far this year. Over under, he fumbles one and a half times. Uh, under. Oof. Definitely taking the under on that one. You should have said half a fumble. Then it would have been a lot more interesting. That's that's fair. That's fair. Um, I'm wondering what the what the line is on the game tonight. Indianapolis and Denver. Denver minus 3. Pretty standard. Minus 175 on the money line, and then an over-under of 42. So, in in that respect, give me Denver, and then I'm going to go the under on 42. Uh, because I'm really seeing like a 17-14 game here. <laughs> really low scoring. Yeah, I, I would... I've been taking a lot of the under on the scoring recently. And then I would just straight up take the Broncos, yeah. So, and again, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about it throughout today's show, but it's really frustrating that the game has kind of lost its lost its fire because, I mean, you were looking for a, a legendary and then it's running this, back matchup. And then it's another, it's another thing with, oh, I don't want to say legendary, but because Javante's only in his second year, he's... He's still very much a pup and hasn't proved it all the way. But we also thought that Matt Ryan would have been a lot better of a quarterback so far this year, but it hasn't been looking too good. Mm. Yeah, and then and then Ru- Russ has also had a struggle. Russ, so it's, Russ has been bad. So we this definitely could be a low-scoring game, even though we predicted earlier in the year that these two offenses would look a lot better because you got Michael Pittman, supposed to be a breakout year. Jonathan Taylor, he's he was the... He's the he's the uh, rushing leader from last year, and then Matt Ryan he finally gets to escape Atlanta, and then you got Russ with with Denver. Cortland Sutton's two years off of his uh, torn ACL, and you got Javante Williams. It's like, well, now this just all sucks. Right. This all this the the muster of it all has just gotten a lot worse. Did you see the the commentator? There were it was an exhibition game and it was a player from France. 
Are you talking about the projected number one guy? No. Well, he's well. That's that's one thing because he is phenomenal. Uh, but no, you're talking um, about Stevie or yeah. Steve. Yeah. yeah, we we had talked about this uh, yesterday. We talked about it on the air. No, we talked about it off the air. I know. I I had talked about it with Jordy as well. Yeah, but yeah, dude, that that was a that's dude. such a funny call. So obviously, he's French. And so there there's something but who who looked at that and said That's a custom last name. That is a custom last name. Yeah. It should be. There's oh no way God. that's French. I be, oh, that's I'm, not that's not French at all. That, I mean, that is not French at all. I mean you never know. I just oh man, that's so if it is, I'll give you your Justin Herbert card back. I really think it is. We'll we'll look at it further, you know, during breaks and whatnot. But Stevie Ho you fat. That is Wow. So we'll talk about again, we'll touch on the Houston Astros. We'll touch on the Saints and the Cajuns, and we'll also start previewing this top 25 matchup that's going down in Death Valley on Saturday between LSU and Tennessee. Tennessee's a three-point favorite right now, but LSU still projected to be the winner according to most power rating indexes. So we'll take a look at that and much more throughout today's show. The game wants you to face your worst nightmares by hooking you up with tickets to one of the top haunted attractions in the country, the 13th Gate. Just text the word GATE to 337-283-8100 to enter to win a pair of general admission passes. That's GATE to 337-283-8100. Get your scare on this Halloween season at the 13th Gate, courtesy of Midnight Productions and the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Also, if you want to enter to win a pair of VIP passes to the 13th Gate to where you basically get to cut the line, all you got to do is enter in the game Rewards Club, 137thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. And that is also courtesy of Midnight Productions and the game. We'll take a time out when we return here on Crunch Time. We'll tune into some Houston Astros audio from the game yesterday. We'll, talk, we'll recap with Dusty Baker on the game yesterday. And we also have some calls from the Robert Ford and Steve Sparks broadcast. We'll do that next right here on The Game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Attention sports fans, your favorite sports book, BetUS.com, back for its 28th year of NFL action. With the industry's biggest sign-up bonus of up to 200%, BetUS offers their members the opportunity to cash in on all your favorite leagues, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, and more. Also, hundreds of new casino games, including the coolest European slots, and live dealers waiting for you at the tables. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, and you need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sports book that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf, horses, esports, 
and all kinds of crazy bets. Call today at 1-800-79-BET-US. That's 1-800-79-BET-US, and they will walk you through setting up an account. Nobody in the industry gives better bonuses than BetUS. If you join now and mention KLWB, you can get up to 200% of bonuses on your first deposit. Head to BetUS.com to join today. That's BetUS, where the game begins. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 22 minutes after the hour here on your Thursday. The Houston Astros taking down the Philadelphia Phillies 3-2 to yesterday in game 162 of 162. And now they await their fate in the ALDS. First game will be Monday night at minute Tuesday night, excuse me, at Minute Maid Park. Dusty Baker met with the media post game yesterday, and he talked about the joy of finishing off the regular season. Yeah, I mean that's great. I mean, um, hey man, we're we're going to the postseason. I mean, uh, the season's. Official season's over. It's a long road, a lot of work, but a lot of uh, satisfaction at the end there. And uh, we had some guys that had some outstanding years. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to, you know, the next couple of weeks. You know, James, it's rare that you've got a guy or, or two guys in your pitching rotation that are both aces. Yeah. And uh, the Astros have it with Jose, with no, Jose. Justin Verlander, Justin Verlander and, and Framber Valdez. Valdez. You look at it; Justin Verlander's eighteen and four on the year. He's going to win the Cy Young Award. Framber Valdez seventeen and six. Uh, Framber has pitched twenty six more innings than Justin, and they both have. Just under 200 strikeouts. Verlander at 185, Fromber at 194. Justin's ERA, though, at the end of the season, how about a 1.75? While Fromber only a 2.82. Here's the standard in baseball. For the season, if you can be under three, you're doing all right. So 1.75 and 2.82, I mean, damn. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's but between the two guys on the season, only 97 runs were were earned against them combined. That's filthy. Dusty Baker talked about the luxury of having two arms like that in your rotation. Well, I mean that was I mean he pitched great all year, and uh, we were just hoping that you know he get that 17th win today. You know, it looked a little uh, shaky at the end there, but. You know, we got out of it. Uh, he only had probably a couple bad starts all year long. I mean, he was as consistent as almost anybody in the league. And for him to win 17 and for JV to win 18, uh, I mean, that's a pretty good one-two punch. And, uh, uh, you know, proud of these guys, how they've uh, worked. And like I always say, they, you know, they don't complain, but they come uh, to play and they play hard. I just... You know, thank God that we come out of this healthy. Yes, in yesterday's game, Phil Maton made a relief appearance. And, you know, it's always cool to see stories of two brothers that, that both play in the major leagues or in the NFL or wherever it may be. Uh, and yesterday, Phil Maton had the opportunity to pitch against his brother Nick, who pit, who plays for the Philadelphia Phillies. And Nick got a hit 
off of Phil. And here's Dusty Baker's reaction to that. Well, that was pretty cool. I was just thinking about, you know, you know, my brother and I playing uh, strikeout against the garage at dark with a dark ball. And, um, man, I, that's, that's pretty special, you know, for, for two brothers. Uh, I think I asked Phil the other day, he said they were, you know, four years apart. Uh, so they didn't play together in high school or anything. But, uh, you know, little brother really, really wanted that one. I mean, you could tell. And uh, uh, that, was, that was a great matchup. And lastly, you know, Ryan Stanick is a guy that the Astros have spoken very highly of in recent seasons. Uh, he signed a one-year deal worth $1.1 million prior to the 2021 season. Uh, and he is arbitration eligible at this point for the Astros. But here's where things get interesting. Ryan Stanick might have earned himself a big old paycheck yesterday. Uh, with the win... Or, or with the performance that he had in the game yesterday, it kept his ERA at 1.15 on the season, which broke the Astros franchise record for the lowest single-season ERA by a reliever. Here's Dusty Baker talking about Stanek's record. Well, I mean, he had an outstanding season. And, uh, you know, we got Fram- – you know, when we got – Stanek, you know, he had to make the team and uh, a couple of years ago. And so uh, he's, you know, he made the team. He's getting better and better and better and uh, is getting more and more confident. And, uh, you know, that's quite an ERA, you know, to have. That means that you didn't have, you know, any bad outings. You know, uh, you know he had a couple, gave up some hits. Uh, but, uh, boy, that's a, you know, that's a remarkable feat that he just accomplished. Taking a look at the poll question so far on Twitter, 43% of you say World Series runner-up for the Astros, while 57% say World Series champs. Earlier we talked about Framber Valdez having a great season. Well, yesterday he had a great outing. How about 10 strikeouts for Framber, or as they call him in Houston, the franchise? Be in St. Louis for the... The wild card round. Here comes the 1-2. Swing and a miss. Good curveball gets Hoskins. First hook thrown by Fromber today. And that's his first strikeout, two away. Well, that hook can get you in some bad habits. That is a filthy, filthy breaking ball. Yomuto will be going on another 3-2. Here it is. And that is strike three call on the inside corner. Throws him with the fastball after throwing him three straight hooks. Inning over. 2-2. Swing and a miss at the curveball. And Segura goes down on strikes. Third strikeout for Fromber, and there is one away. The 1-2. Swing and a miss at a curveball in the dirt. Picked out of the dirt by Maldonado, who tags out Veerling. And that's three straight strikeouts for Fromber, two away. 2-2. Swing and a miss. Got him on the curveball. Maton down on strikes, and the inning is over. So Fromber strikes out three in the inning, works around the walk to Guthrie. Swing and a miss. Stubbs goes down on strikes. He thought he may have ticked it, but he didn't. It's strike three. Sixth strikeout for Framber Valdez, and there's one away. Schorber from the left side. Valdez, 3-2 pitch. Breaking ball got him. Strike three. Schwarber goes down. Chase one low. Seventh strikeout for Framber Valdez through the first ten batters. There's two outs. Pretty impressive stuff from Framber. Here's the 3-2. 
Off speed, strike three. Slow breaking ball and just teasing Rio Muto when he swung at the last second. And that's the eighth strikeout for Valdez, one away. 3-2 to Guthrie. Swing and a miss. Two-seamer right under his bat. And Guthrie strikes out. The 1-2 to Stubbs. Did he hold up on the breaking ball in the dirt? He did not. Picked out of the dirt by Maldonado. Throws to first to get the out. That's 10 strikeouts for Fromber. His third double-figure strikeout game of the year. 10 strikeouts for the franchise. And, you know, looking at the odds of the Astros having postseason success. So they finished 106-56. and They're the number one seed in the AL. Their odds of making it to the World Series is 18%. The predicted date of their final game of the season is November 2nd, which would be game six of the World Series. Whether they're winners or they're losers, we'll see. But uh, according, according to the baseball aficionados, looks like the Astros will be playing in November this year, which is, uh, which is pretty cool to say the least. They're going for their sixth consecutive ALCS. That's, that's insane considering, you know, I remember just when I was a kid, and I'm a I young rem- guy. I, well, I'm the younger guy. Right. I remember when I was a kid. They were bad. I mean, you, you, had, <laughs> instead of, you had 100 lost seasons. Yeah, it was not hundred win seasons. You lost a hundred games. So to see this many seasons in a row of the Astros being good, God, if they ever go back to being a five hundred team, nobody's going to know what to do with themselves. <laughs> nobody's going to know what to do with themselves. It's it's quite impressive. It's time for you to warm up your dancing legs for the official run and duathlon of Festival Acadien et Creole. Race through Lafayette's historic district and end up at Girard Park for the festival on Sunday, October 16th. Compete in the 5K or 10K or run, paddle, run in the duathlon. Taking part in the event helps support local parts, community projects, and the festival that you love. Volunteer register at latrail.org. That's latrail.org. Take a timeout when we return Cajun's Corner with our guy Jay Walker right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Going deep downfield, he's got a receiver, it's caught! Touchdown, Louisiana! Can't get enough of the vermilion and white? Then you're in luck. Here is the Cajun's Corner with the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker, on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Jay Walker, how are you, sir? If I was any better, I'd be you. Oh, man, that line never gets old. It's true. So, Jay, let's look at it. Five games in, the Cajuns are two and three. They've lost three straight. I hate to be blunt, but I'm going to be blunt because you you know me. You know how much I respect this program. The Cajuns might be in trouble. Okay. What are your thoughts? Why were they responsible for the, the for the, um, the fake thing that went down at Lafayette High today? I mean, I, I'm in trouble. I, d- define in trouble. I mean, I don't know what in trouble means. Um, I'll say this: they're two and three. Okay. The problem we know what the problem is. Okay, because we've talked about it. The problem is going 
or has to get fixed through recruiting or the portal because they got they got caught short on the O line, and that's definitely fixable. You know, you know what the biggest problem the Cajuns have had is really our expectations. We should have seen this coming. We should have realized when you lost four starters, one of them's going to be an NFL guy, and a couple of backups, and then another guy who, who wound up leaving school, and you lose 80 or top 10 guys, we should have known that was going to be an issue. We chose not to, and I say we because I'm guilty too. Now, what did I see this past Saturday? I saw the Cajuns play, maybe the best team in the Sunbelt Conference. I don't know. But we saw them go toe-to-toe with them. And you know what else we saw? The offensive line was better. They played pretty well. Yes. They allowed one sack. That number of uh, the two yards or less um, running plays was cut in half. You had a 100-yard rusher in the game. You just didn't win. You know, and, and, and you know, the other guys get to play, too, so I understand that. But I, but I, I, just, I don't know what, what in trouble means. I don't think this program, underline the word, this program is in trouble. The biggest problem that we've got, I just told you. But you know what the other thing is? Tony Robichaud used to talk about this all the time. Billy Napier talked about it, too. But Tony was really the one who talked about it. We, as fans, are results-oriented. At the end of the day, we don't want to talk about, did you get better? We don't want to talk about, um, are you improving? All we want to do is look at the scoreboard and say, we lost. That's terrible. Tony used to talk about the process all the time. And just as Tony talked about a process, I'm telling you all right now, this is going to be a process. Getting that offensive line back to the quality that we're used to and having, you know, we, we still don't know about the guys playing behind Chris Smith. I mean, do we need to improve there or not? I know they're going to try to do it. But if you're results-oriented, yeah, you're probably ready to jump off a building. But um, I, 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 I saw this team get better this past week. I'm, not, I'm disappointed at two and three. I'm not discouraged because I saw them get better last week. No, I agree with you. The Cajuns, they took a step forward last week. Um, and, and you know, I, I really, I'm really commending the way that the defense was able to control one of the top quarterbacks in the league to a, a very minimal performance. Um, and then you know, to to rebuttal your point, I I 100 expected the Cajuns to to dip a little bit, but I I think I and a lot of fans didn't realize. How much it would be so early? Um, you're right. Um, so that that was you're, you're right. You, you you and everybody else expectations were too high for this team. Yep. And um, you know, and, and fans aren't going to want to admit that, of course. Um, but we we should have you know everybody's predicting nine ten wins. That was stupid. Okay, that was just stupid. Um. You know, I, I, I didn't think that was going to happen, okay? I also, you know, didn't expect – I mean, I don't expect them to have more losses than wins at the end of the year. Now, that would be a surprise to me and a, and a disappointment. But, you know, I um, – look, I'm, like I said, I'm disappointed. I'm not discouraged. Um, 
with the with the team's record. And oh, by the way, have have we noticed what's going on at Rice University right now? I mean, they you know we oh my God, we lost to Rice. Then they went to Houston, lost by a touchdown, and then they beat UAB, who was a team that beat Georgia Southern by two touchdowns. So maybe that Rice team isn't as bad as we thought. That's fair. That's fair. So one thing I did notice when when we're talking about the South Alabama game, Chandler went down with an injury. He left the game in the second quarter. Ben Woolridge, from, from my point of view and from my thought process, I thought Ben played pretty well in that second half. Um, and, and the offense looked like it flowed much better under Ben than, than I've seen it all season. So, you know, my, my question is, when do you see the Cajuns maybe getting away from a two-quarterback system? I don't. Um, as long as the, um, you know, provided Chandler gets healthy. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't see him in the, unless, look, if Ben goes out this week and throws for 360 and four touchdowns, we can have this conversation. Okay. But I don't see where there's really a whole lot of difference between those two guys. Ben did have a great final drive. That was, that was a very well executed drive. But up until then, he really hadn't done that much. I mean, Take away his numbers on the last drive, and he had thrown for like 25 yards or 30 yards, something like that. And then he, but then he had the great drive. Um, and I want to give him credit for that, but I don't think that means he has separated himself. I didn't see that. So, you know, you talked about that 17-play drive that, that tied the game for the Cajuns. You know, what, that's one thing the Cajuns have struggled with offensively is, is putting mm-hmm. together long drives and moving the ball down the field. We, we, we talk so highly of this defense, as we should. They've been phenomenal. Um, they've done a great job of keeping the team in games. But the problem is, and, and we've talked about this before, they can only be on the field for so long. Well, that's right. That's right. And, you know, time of possession, thanks to that last drive, time of possession turned out to be pretty even um, last week. But, no, that no, that's very true. You know, the, the offense – has got to cut down on three and outs. They don't have to have a bunch of 17-play drives every week, but they got to cut down on the number of three and outs that they've had. That gives your, uh, your defense uh, the proper opportunity uh, to get enough rest to stay effective. Um, you know, if you can have a 17-play drive to choose up six minutes, if you can have one of those each game, great. But um, I, I think the, the bigger thing is eliminating the three and outs. They've had way too many of those. Yeah, no question about it. Chatting with Jay Walker here on Cajun's Corner. All right, let's look to Wednesday night. Let's look to Marshall. Um, you know, obviously played them in the New Orleans Bowl last year. A little bit of a different team. They don't have Grant Wells anymore, and Rasheen Ali is down with an injury. But from your point of view and what you've seen out of Marshall, what do they do that could maybe cause the, some problems for the Cajuns? Well, well, they run the football well. Um, you know, you, you know, Ali. You're right; hasn't played, but but the other guys averaging about 150 a game, so uh, they haven't missed a whole lot there. Um, you know, you've got a new quarterback who's supposedly better. I I I don't know. Um, I think the 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 thing that's in, maybe impressed me the most about Marshall is, you know, at times they play really well defensively, um, but but they're look they're big up front. 
They've got a lot of veterans uh, on that offense, and they can run the football. And, you know, the whole, my gosh, football 101, run the football, stop the run, and, and they're good at running it. And, uh, and remember, this is, a, this is a team that actually led the Cajuns going into the fourth quarter last year uh, in the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl before the Cajuns put it away. So um, a very formidable opponent, and you're playing on the road. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if they're better than South Alabama. I, I know they're better than ULM. Um, and I guess we'll find out how good they are this week. I have not had the opportunity to actually watch them. So um, it's, it's hard for me to, to just say, okay, this is who they are. Because they've been pretty, they, like the Cajuns, they've been pretty inconsistent. So we'll see. I think it's a talented football team, and you've got to go on the road and play. So that, that, that means it's going to be tough. And looking at, looking at their defense, one thing they do that's very similar to the Cajuns is they do a good job of taking the ball away. Cajuns are plus eight in the turnover margin, and Marshall currently plus five in the turnover margin. You know, defensively, two defensive teams like that, what do you think the offense needs to do for the Cajuns to be able to find success against that defense? Well, I think you just said it, uh, Matt. They've got, I think they've got to play turnover-free football. Um, you know, the, that, it, you know, we start talking about, um, you know, what happened last week. You know, that's the, the first time in a long time the Cajuns have been on the wrong side of a turnover margin in a football game. I mean, you've got to go back a ways the last time they lost yep. the turnover margin. Um, and, and so that can't happen this time around. If the Cajuns play even or win the turnover battle last week, they probably beat South Alabama, and we're feeling a whole lot better about ourselves right now. Um, so, no, they, they've got to play turnover-free football. It's that simple. And then, you know, halfway through the season, looking at the Sunbelt Conference as a whole, you know, App State obviously doing what they do, Coastal Carolina continuing to do what they do. Uh, James Madison has been incredibly impressive. Uh, what are your thoughts on the conference halfway through? <laughs> well, first of all, on a, on a, a Sunbelt uh, fan board, I started a topic saying, who is being undervalued? And this is before the season started. You know, we, we all saw the, the projected order of finish and everything else. said, who's being undervalued? And I said, for my money, it's James Madison. And, of course, everybody disagreed. Ah, they lost 20-something guys, and they're moving up. And, and I'm just saying, I, I just think that they're going to be they're picked like fifth or sixth. I think they're going to be better than that. Well, they are. Um, they have been, I think, that, now, now, look, please understand, I am not sure that I expected them to be undefeated, and I don't expect them to go undefeated. But I, I just think that they were going to be a better football team than a lot of people thought, despite the fact that they were moving up. Because they had plenty of talent there. What they didn't have was 85 scholarships. But they still got talent. And um, so there, you know, I think, I think it's fair to say because of what they did or were able to do to come back against App State, I think James Madison and Coastal Carolina, until somebody beats them, they're their favorites. Fair enough. Jay Walker joining us each and every Thursday for Cajuns Corner. Jay, appreciate you as always, and next week we'll uh, we'll recap the Cajuns and Marshall. You got it. Thanks for having me. Go Cajuns. Tune in next week for another edition of Cajuns Corner here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. 
This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Start week five of the NFL season off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account, you'll get free bets back if your Thursday night same-game parlay doesn't hit. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. A, a parlay that I built really quickly was a Michael Pittman anytime touchdown over on Russell Wilson's passing yards at 231 and then taking the Broncos money line. But you can build your own or choose from one of our popular same-game parlays that are pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you can bet on the NFL on Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. Just sign up with promo code KLWB if you don't have an account already. But you have one, you're all set. Just sign up and see what you got. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. Three plus legs, minimum $1 bet required. Refund issued as non withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after the receipt. Max free bet $5. Restrictions do apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and would like help, call 1 877 770 STOP. Welcome back to Crunch Time. It's 4.53. We got a couple minutes left. And one thing that I want to get to before we finish up the hour is Richard Sherman, he's got a podcast and he had on. Is his a uh, former teammate and Mike Evans, and they were having a debate on what's the more difficult position to play. Of course, Mike Evans as a receiver, it, it was between corner and receiver. Of course, Mike was going his position at receiver while Sherman was giving his side and saying it's corner. For me, even though I'm a receiver and I'm an offensive guy, I would have to go with corner on that one. Yeah, I mean corner corners a, a tough a tough spot to play, no question. Um, receivers got his difficulties as well, but I'd have to agree with you that it's it's corner. Because here's another thing: when you talk about a corner, or let, let's start with the receiver. When you look at receivers, how do you how do you they could be having a terrible game, but if they make one catch late in the game or have like a big forty yard touchdown. What do we say about their performance? It was a good game. They had a good game. They had a good game. Yep. It just takes one play for that to be like, oh, it went from bad to good really quickly. But then you look at corners. They could be locking down the receiver all game, but if they give up that one 40-yard touchdown, what do we say? Like, what if Bradley Roby gives up a 40-yard pass? We're going to be pissed. We're going to be pissed, and it's you're terrible, you're trash. Get him off the field, coach. That's fair. That's and fair. It's, and it's actually, if you think about it, it's also the inverse for offensive linemen and defensive linemen because if you give a one sack, you need to be benched. You're terrible. Get them off the field, coach. But if eh, – I don't say that. There are a lot of people if, – if you see the offensive linemen give a one sack – I mean, sacks are going to happen. Your quarterback gets sacked five times a game, we got a problem. I know, but I'm saying for one individual performance because if you look at it, one a game – that's 17 sacks given up by one guy. Yeah. It's terrible. You're awful. True. You play 60, 70 plays and you give up one sack one time a game. You're still bad because if you look at the whole year, but then if you look at the other side, if the edge rusher gets one sack a game, it's like it's not great, but overall, I mean, you 17, 17 sacks 17 year. sacks, you're if not at the top, no, no, if top you get, if you get a sack I mean, a game, you're killing it. 
It's crazy how one play can change the whole idea how you look at a player's game. Yep. Look at look at their performance. To me, I still go corner because you have to go backwards. And to me, I know offense as a whole, it takes a lot. And there's a lot of coordination you have to do to make sure you're on time with the quarterback and the offense is running smoothly. You can run around and get open, but as a corner... If you're man-to-man, you have to run with the guy. And if he's someone shifty, like a like a shifty slot receiver, or someone like a Justin Jefferson, who, who like it, it feels like it's impossible because he's the one that dictates it, it's tough to stay with that guy. That's why you have to give so much props to people who had crazy years like Darrell Revis back then. Yeah, Darrell Revis was that dude. Champ Bailey, Troy Palomalu. Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders. Like, Ike, Ike Taylor. You know, those guys were... Like even mm-hmm. me, even me, Charles Tillman having to play corner for like intramural. Oh my god, that's brutal. That's brutal. No question about it, it. It's tough, especially for the guys that actually know what they're doing. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two, we're going to have audio from the New Orleans Saints, and we will also chat with Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles. Who that Wednesday? A day late, right here on the game. One hundred thirty-seven Lafayette, one hundred four-one. Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. More after this top of the hour sports update. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two on a Thursday. It's crunch time on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041. Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 502. Breaking news. The betting giant DraftKings and the four-letter network are partnering or close to a partnership for a massive exclusive partnership that would include that could include betting shows and odds being integrated into game broadcasts interesting so and, and the reason that I bring this up is is just how massive that can be for the the sports betting universe I mean could you imagine watching a college football game? And watching the odds change on your TV screen while you're watching the game. What's, I mean, what are the odds that Dan Orlovsky farts in the middle of a broadcast? Oh my god! Which that's funny. I don't, did you hear about how like his explanation of it all? No. He he said that wasn't him actually letting one loose. It was him kind of like doing it with his mouth to be because he because he realized he was like, oh, I messed up what I was supposed to say. So his little th- what he does is. Whenever you mess up and you know how some people are like, dang it, or like kind of like snaps or like kind of gets frustrated with themselves. Mm-hmm. His way of like getting his little frustration out is him making the, a fart noise with his mouth. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, also, you know, looking at some other, you know, breaking news and, and, and whatnot, you talked about Dan Orvlosky. He posted on Twitter earlier today that he was looking for a LSU stu- or Tennessee student for, I guess, some kind of interview before the Tennessee-LSU game. 
So I thought that was kind of cool that he was reaching out to students that, you know, cover the team. We, we I mean, we know a couple. Our, our guy Dylan Sanders. Yeah, Big Dilly. Um, pretty sure Preston Guy is still a student or just recently graduated. Um, so, I mean, we know we know quite a few students that cover – Cover the LSU football program, so pretty cool. Yeah, Dan, if you want, if you're listening to the show right now, go ahead, go go get Big Dilly or go get a. Well, is Preston? Maybe not. I I, I thought that maybe he'd graduated in the last couple. I was gonna years. say I, I thought he graduated. Um. Also, speaking of LSU, this kind of relates to LSU. Former LSU quarterback and current Texas A&M quarterback Max Johnson will not play against Alabama this Saturday after breaking a bone in his hand. He could very well be done for the season, according to reports. Um, Tom Brady says his shoulder feels great, and he will play on Sunday. Lionel Messi has announced that the 2022 World Cup in Qatar will be his last. Oh, that's that's honestly kind of upsetting. I that really it, like I like Messi. Very upsetting. Um, I'm looking forward to the World Cup. Not quite sure why the U.S. is going to blow it again. Um, I mean, they can't. Well, even, the fact that they would even have a lead to begin with, they can't even win World Cup friendlies. They, I was gonna say, well, they didn't even get into it last time. No, they didn't get. They into didn't even qualify. Nope. Which was probably the most embarrassing thing to ever happen to a national American team. American team. I mean, that's just. And how, how do you not qualify for the World Cup? It's so it's so night and day as well because there's a lot of struggles with. The men's team, but then the women's team—they're such a juggernaut. Oh, dude, they're so good. They're so good. They're Alabama, dude. They just reload. It's impressive how good that they have been for so long. Um, and then also, apparently, Draymond Green has apologized for his incident with Jordan Poole last night. Did you see that? I had heard about it. I didn't see it though. Oh, I didn't see a video, but. So apparently, Jordan Poole, according to multiple Warriors players, Jordan Poole has been acting like a different person. You know, up with a contract year. That man been acting different. Had a good year last year. Now he's up for a contract. Might be thinking he's a little too big for his britches. He probably saw a couple baddies in the practice facility and was like, ooh, got to go out. And so he and Draymond got into it, and apparently Draymond punched him. Uh, So that's interesting. The Warriors are, are currently reviewing possible disciplinary action against Draymond Green. If they discipline him, it's like it's a fine. Come on, you. And even if they suspend him, it's going to be for like a game, and that would be game one. It's not like it's not like the final stretch where you might lose him. Kind of like oh, I don't know, maybe the finals when it happened, whenever he kicked was it, who was it? Kevin Love that he kicked? Yeah, yeah, it was Kevin Love. Um, going to the New Orleans Saints now. You know, three game losing streak. They're hosting the Seattle Seahawks this Sunday. Alvin Kamara met with the media, and his words: "No one has beaten us yet." And just speaking more specifically to the offense, I think when we've been good, we've limited turnovers. We've limited. Um, penalties. We haven't shot ourselves in the foot. So, I mean, that's kind of like what the trend has been. We've been kind of killing ourselves, you know. Um, 
it's not really I don't I don't feel like we've gotten beat yet this season. We've beaten ourselves every game. So um I mean it's just it's just as simple as correcting those small things, you know. When when stuff like that happens, when those when those um those same mistakes keep happening, you gotta kinda get back to the basics and go start at start back at the foundation and build back up because I mean that's not something that we're characteristically known for. So you know, just eliminating that so we can stay ahead of the chains and, and stay on schedule. It's pretty right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you you look at it. the The Saints have done a great job of beating themselves. Oh, they're 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 top of the league at that. They've they've done. A, I mean, granted, we, we we've talked about it at nauseum. The refs have not done any favors. No, but we've also had conversations before where it's but, like, it, the refs. What they do is they pay attention to what teams, what their tendencies are. Like if they if they've noticed, oh, a well, certain player. He does. Yep. He does. It's kind of. It's like Garrett Bowles with a left tackle for the Absolutely. Broncos. It's like if they notice trends, they're gonna pay they do... extra attention to that. Well, here's the thing: the refs do their homework, also. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They get scouting reports of the players. The players don't just get that of them and the refs themselves. It and they also pay attention to because I remember watching a clip of a podcast. I think it was last night or the night before. I had sent it to you. You didn't respond to it, but. Uh, it, it like it was a former ref, and he was like, "We pay attention to lines. Like, what what's the spread? That that's another thing. Refs pay attention to the spreads of of sports books. Interesting. That's fishy. It is. It's very. That's fishy. It's a very. It's very interesting to hear. Um, staying on that same topic, Alvin Kamara was asked, "Why have there been so many penalties this season?" And I think. Uh, me and DA kind of talked about it a little bit, but you know, I mean, it's football. You're not gonna be perfect. Sometimes some of these things are happening in practice, and you know, I think starting with me, like you know, I we, we might see it, and you know, whereas I think in in the past, sometimes we we're, we're, we're more, I think, focused and more, I think, harder or more harsh on it than than we have been in these past couple of weeks. So you know, it's just it's it starts with you know the captains. I mean, me being the captain of offense, Ram and. Jameis and Andy, like guys like that, just stepping up and being like, "Yo, that's not acceptable. We can't keep doing that because when we do it in practice and no safety, then it ends up happening on Sunday, and then you know it's it's not like we could redo on Sunday. You know, you end up losing, and that's what happens. We're losing ball ball games because of this, and not staying on schedule because of that. So, um, you know, I think just got to be more vocal and be more <laughs> attentive and and basically just more detailed when it comes to things like that, like those pre snap penalties and just penalties. Period. Mistakes. Game hotline, 337-706-0111 if you want to get in on today's show. Did you catch that little part? Which part? A little more towards the end of that clip. Talking about pre-snap penalties? Well, kind of. He, I had I had to cut out part of the word. Ah. Uh, yeah. Ah. Uh, you heard the little shh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I was like I did I did catch that. At I, first I didn't I realize didn't, that's what had happened. Yeah, at first but, I was listening I'm like and then when I was playing it back to make sure I had like everything that I needed, I was like, "Oh, I need to cut that out." <laughs> yeah, you might you might want to cut that out. Yeah. Um, you know, Marquez Callaway is a guy that you know had to step up in a big way last year, and now he's kind of, you know, in the role that he needs to be, the young guy developing, waiting for his opportunity. Uh, he was asked if he feels like the offense is starting to get off the ground. Biggest thing is we trying to start faster because I know everybody can see that we 
at least the offense starts off kind of slow. And I mean, we see it and it's nothing that you know, we want to go out and do or try to do, but I think that's a big emphasis this week. And I know we see it, coaches see it, but trying to start faster and that's with penalties or that's just, you know, quick three and outs, just things like that. So just keeping that in the back of our mind, going out there, just start fast. James, you know, staying in New Orleans, but getting away from the Saints, uh, we haven't talked about the Pelicans. No, they had a pretty nice win. It was it was a good game. It's a preseason. Don't want to overreact. Don't want to underreact. But there was there was some there was some things that you need to work on that I I wasn't really able to watch the game. I watched some of the highlights afterwards, but I got into the space with Chris Connor and uh, mm-hmm. our boy Jerry, and something that they had brought up that I had forgot about. That is something that you, if you are a fan of the Pelicans and you are excited about this year, this this is something that you need to kind of pay attention to, I would say. I know that CJ had a little bit of struggling scoring, whether it was just shooting, but also had a little bit of trouble with just making free throws. And then on Tuesday night, he went one for four. And it's it's weird of a transition, because if if he he's probably going to be the point guard, is he not? I mean, yeah, he's going to be the starting point guard. So if he's going to be a predominant guy of having the ball and having scoring opportunities and getting fouled and going to the line a lot, I mean that to me that is a little bit of a cause of concern. I mean, if he's going to go one for four one night in a preseason game. I mean, I don't think that that's anything to worry about. But it's also looking at last year in the playoffs. You know what I mean? I mean, guys go in slumps consistently throughout his entire career. That's why I'm saying you don't need to panic, but it's something to look out for. McCollum's been an, an incredible three-point shooter, I mean, free-throw shooter throughout his career. Um, so, I mean, again, I I get the cause for concern to an extent, I mean, going into going into this season, his worst year from the free throw line was his rookie year. He played 38 games and went 67.6%. Last year with the Pelicans, those 26 games with the Pelicans, he shot 67.7% from the field, which that's, I mean, two out of three. It's not great for a guard, but it's not terrible either um but no you go look at 2016 2017 with portland he went 91 percent from the line that's what i'm saying he used to be really good but as of late it's i mean it's something to keep an eye on no question um but i I don't know that i would say that it's a it's a cause for concern yet but again um luckily when it comes to someone like zion who him being a bowling ball and just getting into pain all the time zion was phenomenal Tuesday night. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. I mean, four for six from the field. He went five for five from the free throw line, four rebounds. He had an assist, a steal. He had 13 points. I mean, I thought he looked great coming back uh, for, for his first action in over a year. And then another guy that really impressed me is how about Devontae Graham? Granted, he went cold from three after opening up three for three. Uh, he ended up with, He ended up shooting three of eight. 
but 8 of 8 from the free throw line, 5 of 11 from the field. He had 5 assists and 21 points. I mean, he stepped up nicely in his 21 minutes of work. I thought he was very impressive the other night. Dyson Daniels had a good game as well with his 15 points and 5 rebounds, shooting 5 of 15 from the field. The Pelicans will return to action tomorrow against the Detroit Pistons in the Smoothie King Center. Guys, got to tell you about Suit Up. If you need fashion tuxedos or suits for any occasion, whether it's a wedding, a funeral, just need one for work, one to put in the closet for date nights, whatever it may be, Suit Up is going to have it for you. They've got professional service, great staff, great customer service. They're going to measure you every time you walk through the door to make sure that it is a perfect fit every single time. And no matter where you are, they've got a spot for you. They've got three locations, one in Lafayette on Ambassador Caffrey. They've got one in New Iberia on Adam Doyle. And then they even have one in Lake Charles across from the Prion Lake Mall. With homecoming coming up, Suit Up's a great place to go get your suits for homecoming or your kids' homecomings, whatever it may be. So, once again, suit up Ambassador Caffrey, Admiral Doyle, and in Lake Charles. And when you go, tell them that Crunch Time sent you. Take a time out. And when we return here on Crunch Time, James and I will preview a little bit further the Thursday night game tonight. We'll look at the college games on schedule for tonight. And we'll have an early look at the weekend right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Attention sports fans, your favorite sports book, BetUS.com, is back for its 28th year of NFL action. With the industry's biggest sign-up bonus of up to 200%, BetUS offers their members the opportunity to cash in on all your favorite leagues, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, and more. Also, hundreds of new casino games, including the coolest European slots and their live dealers, are waiting for you at the tables. Because here's the thing. You need a sports book with integrity, you need a sports book with longevity, and you need to know that you're going to get paid. You simply need a sports book that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf, horses, esports, and all kinds of crazy bets. All you got to do is call today at 1-800-79-BETUS. That's 1-800-79-BETUS, and they will walk you through setting up an account. Nobody in the industry gives better bonuses than BETUS. If you join now and mention KLWB, You can get up to 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. Head to BetUS.com and join today. That's BetUS, where the game begins. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 23 after the hour here on your Thursday. And, James, you know, we talked about it a little bit. Thursday Night Football tonight, Colts, Broncos, Matt Ryan versus Russell Wilson. You know, it's, it's an okay matchup. Um, Russ has not been the guy that I think Broncos country expected him to be. And uh, Matt Ryan 
hasn't had the start in Indianapolis that maybe a lot of people thought he would. No. I didn't expect him to light the world on fire, but I thought there would have been more. I, I certainly expected more. Um, so that is uh, something to keep an eye on. Who wins? I'm going to take the Broncos in this one. I think it's going to be at home, so they have the advantage with that. And then not to mention, if you want to be able to keep yourself in the race, I mean, the Raiders have dug themselves an absolute hole. And Chargers are kind of struggling with some injuries right now. If they want to, like, go back and forth with the Chiefs, to me, you got to you gotta get to 3-2 and two tonight. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I'm going to take the Broncos as well. Uh, like you said, they definitely need to stay in contention there in the AFC West. Um, looking at college football for the weekend, thought there was a game tonight. No games tonight. There's four tomorrow. Uh, Nebraska Rutgers, boring. Houston Memphis should be a pretty good game. Uh, Houston is not having the year that many people thought that they would. Uh, off to a two and three start uh, for for the Houston Cougars. Uh, Colorado State and Nevada. And then UNLV and San Jose State for some Mountain West after dark action. But man, Saturday, Saturday is going to be fun. Plain and simple. I mean, 11 o'clock, you're starting off with two absolute bangers. Tennessee and LSU, TCU and Kansas, both top 25 games. Both games have a high over-under. James, all right. So Tennessee's minus three, right? Over under of sixty-five. Um, thirty-four, thirty-one Tigers is what I've got. And obviously, we'll talk more about it tomorrow when we <laughs> make our picks. But I, I got a feeling LSU is going to have a day. Jaden Daniels is going to come alive. You know, Anthony Richardson threw for four fifty on this defense. I think Jaden Daniels could easily throw for three hundred. I can see 320. Uh, so I'm interested to see how that game goes down. You know, people are complaining about the 11 a.m. start. Let me let me bring back, you know, a couple a couple tidbits for you. Since 2000, LSU is 8-0 in 11 a.m. games at home. 8-0. Last year, they played Florida at 11 a.m. entire stadium. There were 97,000 people there. LSU fans go no matter what. They're going to show up. That place is going to be wild. I heard that they're opening the parking lots for tailgating at 5 a.m. <laughs> on Saturday morning. So everybody's going to have a buzz going already by 11 o'clock. I was going to say, no, everybody's going to be having a buzz going by 7.30. So you will not have to worry about the energy in Death Valley. It will be just fine. And then you look at TCU and Kansas – Kansas, I mean, they might be the story of the year when it's all said and done, James. 5-0. and They are 19th in the country. They're 2-0 and in the Big 12. They're a seven-point dog to TCU, but you're at home. You know, I'm again, we'll make our picks tomorrow, but I'm going to go out on a limb. Kansas might win this game. Kansas may very well win this game. Now, I'm interested to see how that one I, – I think I'm going to have to have two screens up at one time. Rock Chalk? Because, yeah, I think I'm going to go Rock Chalk. I was hoping you would say Jayhawk, but okay. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I was hoping you would finish it, but that that's fine. Sorry. 
Uh, the chemistry's not there yet. Couple of couple other games to look at: Missouri, Florida, Texas, Oklahoma, and the Red River rivalry. Um, Georgia Southern, Georgia State in the Sun Belt could could be a doozy. Uh, Auburn, Georgia, that's going to get ugly, real ugly. However, if if I was a betting man on this game, I would. Oh, take, you are. I would take Auburn plus thirty. The line's 30. <laughs> it's going to get ugly, but it's not going to be that bad. I was going to say, I mean... There's Georgia, no way Georgia covers that. I was going to say, Georgia really struggled against Missouri. I almost wonder, will they use, will they like kind of just use that as like motivation to be like, guys, we almost lost to Missouri. What's going on? We need to come out this week and crush Auburn. There's no way Georgia covers that. I I can't I can't believe that Georgia covers that. You can see twenty four. I can see twenty four. Not thirty though. No no way. I would I would take the I would take the I would take Georgia plus thirty in that. I mean Auburn plus thirty in that. There's just I I can't see that happening. Uh, Utah UCLA going to be another great game at two thirty from the Rose Bowl. Utah a three and a half point favorite in that one. Uh, go a little later in the day. How about <laughs> Ohio State and Michigan State. Ohio State minus 27 in that one. Guess what? If it's if it's Jacob Lemonier's comment, I don't want to hear it. No. I was okay. I was going to say you got drafted. I got drafted. You got drafted in our <laughs> So who, we're we're on the same team. Who drafted me? Alex. My guy. My the one guy. You, the one you traded Michael Thomas. Yeah. He yeah. picked he picked up me and you in his first two rounds. I traded. I traded. No, I Michael lie. Thomas you got today. you got picked in the you got picked in the third round. I I traded Michael Thomas away, and I don't regret it. It's understandable. No regrets. No regrets. No ragrets. No ragrets. How about that night game on CBS? Alabama A and M. How ugly does that one get? Oh, this this feels like a a twenty <laughs> a twenty pointer. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be worse than that. This, this look, this. Oh, it's gonna be worse than that. It's in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Oh. Oh my God, that's going to be so ugly. I mean, the line's twenty-four. What if Texas A&M's offense actually like wakes up for once, though? Imagine that. Yeah. I don't I, see it happening. I mean, there's a possibility, but so the likelihood is no. We've got a friend at this station. His name's Connor O'Gara. Uh, he works for Saturday Down South. Uh, yeah. RP3 has him on every week. Yeah. He posted on Twitter this morning. He said, for all the sickos betting the A&M money line at Bama, the last time Nick Saban lost to a team outside of the top 15 of the AP poll at home was 2007 when he lost to Louisiana Monroe. Everybody remembers that game. The, the game where ULM went to Tuscaloosa and beat Nick Saban in Alabama. That was before Saban put his mark on Alabama. But shortly after that, things got interesting in, uh, in Tuscaloosa. What is it, eight national championships that, uh, that Saban's won since then? Um, so I don't know that I would take A&M in this one. Um, not the money line, no. No, no certainly shot. not the money line. <laughs> um, God. 
Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some good games on the schedule, and that's the thing, James. As you get into this point of the season, you know, mid October is when you, you kind of start to figure out who teams are, what type of of team they're going to be, and then that's when things really get interesting. I mean, looking ahead to next week, you got Alabama, Tennessee, you got Penn State, Michigan, you got USC and Utah. Then that's just that's just a couple of the games. LSU, Florida, Kansas, Oklahoma. Go down a little bit further. Vanderbilt and Georgia's gonna get ugly. Uh Oklahoma State, TCU, Arkansas, BYU. I mean, they've got some good games coming up over the next couple of weeks. College football is gonna get very, very fun here again down the backstretch of October and into November. All right, James, let's take a timeout right here. When we return, we'll do Who That Wednesday a Day Late with our guy Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles, and we'll do that next right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. He's going to go. Touchdown, Saints. Who's ready for some New Orleans Saints talk? We are. Here is Who That Wednesdays with Canal Street Chronicles' Brendan Ertle on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Brendan, what's up, bud? What's going on, guys? Man, how are you? You know, could be better. Uh, one and three Saints got me doing some type of way, but, you know, we got, we got the Pelicans uh, playing well, have a a good outlook on their season. So, you know, I'd be better with a win this week. How about that? Well, yeah, but you know, what what something that does help is, you know, you, you are you are a fan of the Oregon State Beavers. I, I don't think that helps. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they've lost two straight, but you've played good teams. Yeah, yeah, you could say that, but I, I'm just the type of guy I want to beat everyone. You know, it's. It's I don't I don't like losing. You, you dropped a you uh, dropped a heartbreaker too, to USC. Going you dropped a heartbreaker to USC, and then you just got owned by Utah. Yeah, it's like the two worst ways to lose. You know, you get one of each, and uh, in back to back weeks, it's not fun. Well, let's go back to the Saints now. Obviously, the the storyline is Michael Thomas could be out yet again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's a frustrating thing, and. I think with him, they'll take their time, and it's probably going to be more of a week-to-week thing than a practice-to-practice kind of thing. Uh, a foot injury with a receiver you never want to mess with. So just have, that that means it's going to be other people going to have to step up. We're going to, have to see you know, more from Jarvis. I know he was battling an ankle issue uh, from the Carolina game. We're going to see more from Callaway. Traquan's going to have to step up, and I feel like uh, Traquan and Callaway especially have, have done their part to kind of step up, and uh, if Mike T is going to be out this week and moving forward, uh, they're going to have to keep, continue to do that. Another guy that could be out this Sunday, as well as quarterback Jameis Winston. Uh, you know, from from what we have been told, the issue is the ankle more than the back. Um, you know, if, if he's out again, you know, do you trust Andy Dalton after what you saw against Minnesota that he can lead this offense? Absolutely. I, I, I absolutely trust Andy Dalton. I think some some fans would even prefer that. But I, I feel for Jameis, it's got to be a frustrating thing. Uh, but the main thing for him is just get right, get healthy. And if this season doesn't go right 
if it doesn't go the way it's supposed to go, if that means, you know, playoffs or, or more. Uh, at least I want to see a healthy Jameis. I want to see a product on the field with him on this team with healthy players uh, and to see if he can become anything with this team. And the, the first four weeks weren't good, uh, but you could blame that on his back injury. You could blame that on his ankle injury. You could blame that on the lack of practice he's had with these players. So I want all those excuses gone. I want something finalized. I want, I want Mickey and this raw and this, you know, staff to know is Jameis going to be the guy in 2024. And if this is another one of those years where we can't get him healthy, then just it's going to be brutal and it's probably going to be something that carries into the next season as well. But yeah, I, I absolutely trust Andy Dalton. Uh, whoever is the future of this, of this franchise, I think, you know, it doesn't hurt to have Andy Dalton around too as well. He's a veteran who can win. We got the Bengals coming up too, so it'd be cool to see him play against those guys if Jameis can't go. But yeah, I was impressed with what Andy Dalton did in Minnesota, and I felt like for the first time in years we had some kind of rhythm and uh, some some little bit of running attack too. I think that goes to show, you know, Andy Andy was good in the pocket, got the ball out quick, and made the guys look good around him. Now, continuing with that game in London, you, you had touched on how you thought Andy did all right, but what what do you think overall from like other aspects like the offensive line and the defense? I know they had a little bit of issues, and then the calls late did not help. Mm-hmm. It definitely took way too long to get started, and uh, I mean that that's just going to happen with new players on the field that haven't played together um, in a long time, at least. And you know, Andy had had his moments where he was good and he had his moments where it was a little shaky. But I think with a guy like Andy being on the field and you have some kind of rhythm, I think that helps out the offensive line the most. And I think a lot of the offensive line had uh, some of their best games. I think, you know, from what I've heard and seen, Ruiz had one of his best games of the Saint, which is great to see. Uh, the tackles have been playing well. Hurst has been playing, you know, as good as we thought he would. Uh, and I think that goes to – um, the quarterback position and what Andy's been able to do. And when Jameis got himself, you know, hit, banged up, it's holding on to the ball too long. And we saw Andy do that a couple times, holding on to the ball too long, trying to make too much out of too little. And uh, one of those times Andy did fumble and cough the ball up and it cost him three points, which is another thing that you could point on, on why they lost. But yeah, I think moving forward, the quarterback position has to be more consistent and, uh, it's going to be hard for whoever's out there. We're going through another year like last year where the new quarterback or you're not sure who the quarterback's going to be in a certain week. But, yeah, they definitely made, I think, enough plays to win the game last week. I, I think they also made enough plays um, on the negative side to lose, and that was the ultimate killer. And those penalties, uh, the three I'll point out, was the Tyron Matthew hands to the face, which was a hand to the chest plate. Uh, Marshall Lattimore's PI, which is pretty much a, a no call in any other game. And the Cesar Ruiz, illegal man downfield on a screen pass, which the ball did not cross the line of scrimmage. That is simple high school football math. And, uh, Jeff Duncan even pointed that out. Uh, those are three calls that you just, you can't, good football is not going to beat that. And any referee can beat any good, any good football team with a play like that. But at the end of the day, uh, they can't keep putting themselves in situations where officials 
are making these calls. And I think uh, I, I'd say most Vikings fans thought all three calls were great calls, but it's just not something you want to see in the game today, and it's not something you want to see, uh, of course, overseas when you're trying to show off your product to another country too. So um, overall, tough week. I've been saying that for days now, Brendan. You know, you, obviously the the refs calls were were egregious and wrong and incorrect or whatever, but you got to put yourself in position to where those calls don't matter. Mm-hmm. And they and they put themselves in a position where they did matter, and it killed them. And too many of those, they put themselves in too many bad positions. And sure, they probably should have won the game, but too many mistakes. Yeah, no question about it. Chatting with Brendan Ertle. You know, Alvin Kamara projected to come back this week. Uh, some reports had saying he feels like his old self. Uh, could you see him having a big game at home against Seattle tonight? I mean, this weekend. I don't know why, but Alvin Kamara has just been the Seattle Seahawks killer. It feels like every time we play the Seahawks, he finds a way to make a big-time player, has a big-time game, and I think having him back especially in a game like this, is so important. And I, I kind of want to see what this offense looks like with Andy, with Alvin under center. Because, I mean, we had Latavius Murray for about five minutes uh, last week, and he brought some juice that we haven't seen in offense all year. Um, so if those running lanes can keep up, I know the Seattle defense is young, it's feisty, it definitely doesn't have the playmakers that it used to have, but they still have some ball players. they still have some guys who are up and coming, so, yeah, I think having Kamara is probably the biggest uh, injury report news that we could possibly have. Sure, you'd love to have Mike, but I think Kamara just adds a different aspect to this offense. And uh, Andy's more that traditional rhythm guy that we've been talking about. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, his, his touches, his checkdowns that he gives to Alvin. Uh, I feel like Andy did a pretty good job of that last game, but when you have Alvin Kamara, it's just a whole different story. So uh, having him back, having him healthy, that's the main thing, and uh, he had a great, great training camp, and from everything we heard, it was like he was a different back, faster, stronger. So it's not like he had an off year. He just got an injury at the wrong time. So, um, yeah, I think he came back a little bit too soon, and I think he will admit that as well. But glad he's feeling uh, as close to 100% as he can. You know, Drew Brees was in the news today talking about a possible return to a broadcast booth. Uh, said that he would enjoy doing something similar to the Manning cast. Give me your thoughts. I would love to watch that. I think I think the Manning cast, especially in those uh, games where they're not as exciting or low scoring or uh, you know not as intriguing, I think they bring a ton a ton of viewership that probably wouldn't have watched the game. And the Manning the Manning people, just that family in general, is just a really good family, and they're super entertaining to watch and they have a couple other shows i think but yeah i think uh seeing you know drew Brees is one of those guys that on the field it's something and he was a great player but like off the field you just love to listen to him talk and you love to pick his brain and just hear what he has to say so i think kind of like peyton and eli they kind of have these little segments throughout the show where they're calling plays and they're uh telling you how they did it i think that'd be cool just to see something like that and I did see that he threw out there that if he didn't get injured in San Diego uh, his, on his throwing shoulder, that he would still be playing today and he would still be playing at age 45. But I uh, have to think that if he didn't get injured in San Diego, that he wouldn't have ended up a saint. So um, everything works out for a reason. And 
hopefully we figure out a quarter acquisition long term. But I would definitely 100% tune into a Drew Brees cast. Now going back to players themselves, I mean, people were calling saying bring back Quan, bring back Quan, but Pete stepped up, and him and Demar have been a great duo thus far this season. It, it's crazy to me because uh, I'll, I'll go back and I listened to uh, the Trust Levels podcast, Mark and Cam Jordan, and they had Levante David on a couple weeks ago, and he said when Devin White entered the league. He was like, oh, this quick little linebacker, blah, blah, blah. And he said once, once like, game time hit, it was like, dang, this dude's faster than me. He's getting more tackles. He's taking my stats. Uh, he's showing off. And it, it took Levante. You know, he was like, I got to take my game to another level. And, you know, then he started playing really, really well, too. So I think we're starting to see that where it's like Pete's showing off. Like, he's popping off on the TV and – He's making these plays that we use. We are used to like the Mario making, and I think it's starting to get into a little bit of a uh, I don't want to say competition, but a friendly competition of who can get to the ball quicker. And I think both have played really good football, but Pete has just been phenomenal this year and leads the league in solo tackles, and that's what we're used to seeing from Demario. So I, I love that those two guys are super competitive and you know want to make plays. But Pete has been fantastic, and if Demario can keep being you know, that consistent leader. I mean, they have one of the best linebacker duos in the league, and I truly believe that because he has been that freaking good. Yeah, and then one more quick for, one more quick one for you, Brennan. What's your prediction for the game on Sunday? Oh, tough, tough. Um, pretty much every NFL prediction I've had this year has been wrong, but <laughs> it's been a really weird season. Uh, even Tom Brady said that there's a lot of two-and-two two teams that aren't good, and I think – he might be uh, on to something there and uh, maybe looking on his own team as well. Uh, but, yeah, the Seahawks are one of those two and two teams that they probably won't end up around that 500 level. I mean, they have a tough schedule, tough division, but they're hot. They're hot right now and hot teams in the NFL. Uh, you never want to mess around with those teams. And Geno Smith was a guy that, uh, going into year, I circled this game saying, yeah, this is a, this is a W that we can write in pen, not pencil. But I think this is going to be a tougher game than I imagined the first time just because of how well the Seahawks have been playing. And, uh, that first game against Russell Wilson, I thought they were super good in that game. And, uh, the Seahawks love to run the football. So if we can find a way to contain the running game and, uh, try and contain that play action pass with Lockett and DK, which we did last time, I think the Saints could win. I think they should win. Uh, I don't know exactly what the score could be because the offense one drive looks great and then the next drive looks like the worst offense in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a game that they should win. And if they don't, then my panic button is being uh, pressed. Yeah. I mean, th- this is about the time of the year when teams start to kind of – break apart from one another and the saints need to get it together before they are too late on the train and they miss it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That, appreciate you, Brennan, for coming on every Wednesday for who Wednesday. Yes, sir. Thank you. I'll see you guys next week. All righty. Tune in next week for another edition of who Wednesdays here on crunch time with me and mesh. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. 
Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Start week five of the NFL season off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account. You'll get free bets back if your Thursday night football same-game parlay does not hit. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout. A parlay that I came up really quickly is Michael Pittman with an anytime touchdown, the over on Russell Wilson's passing yards for the game, and then the Broncos' money line. Build your own or choose from one of our popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in Vandal's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you can bet on the NFL on Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. Just sign up with promo code KLWB if you don't already have an account. But if you're already with Vandal, you're all set. Just sign in and see what you got. Make every moment more with Vandal, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana for minute parishes only. Three-plus legs, minimum $1 bet required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after the receipt. Max free bet $5. Restrictions do apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. As James Mesh, 55, almost 56 after the hour. How far do the Astros go in the playoffs? So far, 29% of you say that they will be World Series runner-up, and 71% of you say that they're going to win it all. Yeah, that's the confidence I like. I think they're going to win it all. I do. I think that they're the hottest team in baseball and really and truly as good as the Dodgers have been. I think they slip up in the postseason and it's a Astros Braves World Series rematch and the Astros don't let last year happen again. So we could see the Astros lifting another commissioner's trophy in a month, which would uh, obviously be awesome to uh it would please all of us to witness. Uh, again, tonight, Colts, Broncos. Saturday, we've got LSU, Tennessee. High school football tomorrow night, including the James Mesh prep report. Yes, sir. We, we always love the pregame show with James Mesh. I love those. Um, that's going to do it for today's edition of Crunch Time. Again, we want to take this opportunity to thank both of our guests today, Mr. Jay Walker for joining us for Cajun's Corner, and Brendan Ertle for joining us for Hootat Wednesday, a day late. You can catch that Thursday night football game here on our airwaves on the game right after the Brian Kelly Coaches Show. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez reminding you to be safe, be well, hug your mom and them, and we will be back tomorrow for a Friday fun show that includes a Tennessee preview and Jake's takes with our guy Jake Crane. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Once again, Brian Kelly Coach's show at 7 o'clock tonight.